What's up, everybody? You're listening to Our Future, the business podcast for young people. I'm your host, Michael Zakan, a junior at the University of Michigan Ross School of Business, and I realized that business podcasts were long and boring. Three times a week on my show, in short, fun, and informative interviews, you will hear from the founders and executives shaping our future. My next guest is Chuck Muth, Chief Growth Officer at Beyond Meat, one of the most futuristic, high growth, and miraculous companies of our era, and one that is set on redefining the future of protein and the planet by pioneering a mass market shift from animal meat to plant-based meat. In between 2017 and 2019, Chuck and the team over Beyond Meat grew sales from $16 million to nearly $300 million. And their 2019 IPO shattered records, being the biggest popping IPO since the year 2000. Today, the company is valued at nearly $8 billion, and the world watches in awe as they set their sights overseas to reinvent the meat industry across the world. This one was juicy. Hope you guys enjoy. When you were my age, when you were 20 years old, did you ever envision yourself working, you know, as the chief growth officer for a super high growth, you know, young, innovative, futuristic company? Uh, no, no. Uh, I went to uh, Montclair State University in New Jersey. I didn't go to, go to big schools like Michigan or Notre Dame like my wife went. Um, and honestly, when I came out of school, I, I really didn't have an idea of uh, exactly what I wanted to do. I had worked all through high school and college. It's not, not a lack of work, but it's just a lack of really understanding. I actually thought I'd be in the supermarket business because I worked for a small chain called Pantry Pride that's no longer in business. They, in fact, they went out of business when I graduated, unfortunately. And I thought I'd have a career there and that didn't work out. And um, one day, uh, not too long after, a friend of mine called me and said, um, hey, do you know how to drive a truck? And I said, yeah, yeah, I could drive a truck, I think. And he goes, well, Coca-Cola's looking for truck drivers. And I said, yeah, I don't want to work for Coke because, you know, I just graduated college. It wasn't kind of what I was thinking about. He goes, hey, it pays $10 an hour plus time and a half and double time after 10. I go, really? And I said, yeah. And so I ended up taking a job. $10 an hour? That was a lot back then? Back then in 1979, that was a lot of money, Michael. Huh. I mean, I know it's probably like $20 today or $25. Today. Probably. Yeah, it was a lot of money back then. And... Honestly, that's how I began. I began as a truck driver for Coke. And the thing I always say, and, and I used to uh, talk a lot to um, when I was in Philadelphia for Coke, uh, to young people coming into the company, I used to say the same thing. And look, I used to be, I was a senior vice president. I said, you want to know how I got this job? I'll tell you right now how to do it. Every job you ever have, crush it. Don't just make it good, make it crush it. Because you're only, the only the best is going to move forward. So go after it in a big way. And, um, and you know, honestly, that, that was my career path. I just went after each job. I didn't really think beyond the job. I just thought about crushing the job. And, and as I did that, the opportunities opened up for me. Then I think you were considering retiring and Ethan Brown sold you on joining Beyond Me. What did he say to you? My last job at Coca-Cola Company was the uh, senior vice president of um, their commercial side of what they call their venture emerging brand. So what Coca-Cola, like a lot of CPG companies were doing is buying these they weren't growing their base business. You know, people are drinking less carbonated soft drinks, for instance. But what they were buying were things like coconut water and, you know, organic teas yeah. and things like that. So Coke was acquiring these small companies. And one of the companies we acquired at Coke was Honest Tea. And Honest Tea is, is still one of the leading uh, organic tea brands. And the founder of that company is a fellow named Seth Goldman. And Seth um, and I, obviously, you know, I worked with Seth for a long time with one of the brands that I was managing. And um, he, uh, after I had retired, not long after I retired, he called me, we both lived in Maryland at the time and he called me and he said, Hey, let's have lunch, come over to my house and have lunch. And I said, sure. Yeah, no problem. Cool. 
So I went down to his house and he made me a Beyond Burger. He's the, he was the chairman of Beyond Meat, by the way. I should leave that part out. Uh, not only the founder of Honest too, but the chairman of Beyond Meat. So he makes me a Beyond Burger. He goes, what do you think? I go, this is amazing. This is a plant-based product? He goes, yeah, isn't it great? This is a small company back then. And I said, sure. I said, it's great. He goes, listen, the founder of this company is Ethan Brown. He's going to be in Washington, D.C. This, this Friday. Would you? He'd love to meet you. I told him all about you. He'd love to meet you and talk to you. I said, sure. So I met Ethan at his hotel. And Ethan and I, it was a beautiful spring day, early spring day. And he and I walked around Washington, D.C. for one hour. Just walked around. We talked about football. We talked about life. We talked about the weather. We didn't talk about business. But at the end of that hour, he handed me a piece of paper. And it was an offer. And he said, I want you to come out to California with me. He goes, we're going to change the world. And that's a true story. And uh, that was three years. That was only three, a little over three years ago, three and a half years ago. And, and, and when, you, when you took him up on that offer, were, were you expecting this meteoric growth? Was that even in your mind? I mean, our, 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 our cap value today is uh, somewhere maybe like $8 billion or something. Okay. I remember uh, Seth Goldman, who was again the chairman, telling me, Chuck, this is going to be a great opportunity. This company could be a big company. This company could be worth a, a billion dollars someday. That's where it'd be, a billion dollars. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, sure. It was two salespeople there. There were three accountants. There were a couple of marketing people. It was nobody. It was a small little office. Literally a year before I'd been out of a garage. I mean, it was a small little office. And uh, I think they had done $16 million in 2016. It was a, it was a you know, really relatively small company. And from there, it just took off. I mean, it just was... Great timing, honestly. Great timing for me to be there. I take full credit, of course, but you know, the truth is that it was a, it was great timing to be involved with this this brand, and and it really, really, really took off. I mean, it really, really resonated with consumers. I mean, when we think of Beyond Meat, right? As consumers and investors, we think of one of the best IPOs of the two thousands, and we think of you know sales growing, you know, from like sixteen million to like three hundred million in just two years between you know 2017, 2019. But what were the challenges to achieving that growth? Because it just looks all dandy from where I stand. What were the what were the kind of challenges in making making all this happen? Well, as I said earlier, I mean, it really was the right place at the right time. I think there were a lot of uh, consumers leaning in on the environment. I think they were leaning on in on animal, you know, health around eating uh, non animal products. Even if you weren't, our our focus from the very beginning wasn't vegetarians. I mean, it wasn't. You know, my son's a vegan, but it wasn't about vegan and vegetarians. It was really about how do you change the world? You don't change the world by getting vegans, vegetarians, eat less meat. You can change the world by getting consumers that are have a, a an interest in eating less meat. And so we call them flexitarians or meat reducers. And to do that, you've got to create products that they're going to crave and they're going to like. And to do that, you have to replicate the taste and texture of animal meat. And the other thing we did um, uh, early on was we began to merchandise in supermarkets, not in the vegetarian section where everybody else did it. We went into the meat section. No yeah. one had done that before. It was very and they disruptive. Got pissed. They, got, they got pissed. Uh, the uh, uh, consumer, the vegetarians did. Vegans, you mean? And, got and, well, and the meat companies. The meat companies got pissed that you- Meat companies, uh, yeah, but they didn't, you know, meat, not the meat companies, the cattlemen, yeah. The meat companies yeah. actually began to replicate. I mean, like you look at like, brands like Tyson and Smithfield, they're bringing out yeah. their own version. They all are. Yeah. They're copying what we're doing. So far behind. There's a credibility thing. There's also an investment, and we invest a lot in R and D. Um, it's um, you know we've got a head start. We were first movers, um, but when we first went into that meat section, not a lot of people were. Nobody was doing it. In fact, and many uh, supermarkets resisted initially. I, I won't tell you which ones, but there were a number that 
said no, but there were a few that said yes. And a few that said yes included places like Safeway and Kroger. And when they said yes and we were successful, others followed. And now today, any in anywhere in North America, you can find us in the, in the meat sections. So how important do you think it is that Beyond Meat, plant-based meat, be positioned in a supermarket next to regular meat? Do you think that customers should have that that optics wherein they see the plant-based, they see the regular meat, they're side by side, they have to make a trade-off between the meat industry and this new, much more sustainable meat industry? Well, I don't think consumers think about it, the trade-off. I think that, um, I think that uh, the consumers... First of all, we look at that as a protein aisle. It's not necessarily the animal meat aisle. It's a protein aisle. Um, next of all, our, our cons- the consumers that we were targeting, which were not vegans, and there are some vegans that will look at that and say, "God, there's dead animals there. Why are you, why are you there?" But the reality is, they're not our core. You know, they're not the consumer we're focused. I mean, I, we hope that they buy the products, of course. But but if you're really open about the mission that you're trying to, to accomplish then you know you have to get meat eaters to eat less meat. And to do that, you have to be where they shop. And they're shopping in that section. So all we're doing is providing choice. We're providing mm-hmm. choice for consumers. You can certainly eat a uh, you know, beef item or a chicken item or a turkey item. And you can eat a plant-based item as well. And it's all in the same section. Um, and uh, it just provides choice. See, the beautiful thing for me is that this is all possible through capitalism. And that you don't have to regulate the animal meat industry, you can just outcompete it with the consumer. Like that is just insane. What what do you think about that? Yeah, we don't we don't say negative things about the meat industry. We're not uh, we're not idealistic in the sense to say, look, we're going to put meat out of business in ten years or something. We don't think that that's realistic. Um, what we think though is that if we can provide if we can provide a product that, from a sensory perspective, uh, can replicate the taste of an animal meat texture, color, aroma, taste, of course. Um, and we could do it at a, a more affordable price. And we could do it in a way that's better for your health. And it's better for the environment. It doesn't require sacrifice of an animal. We think most consumers will make the choice to, to eat that product. And so our long-term goal is we're not saying anything negative about it. We're providing choice. And if we can, let's be honest, you can't really innovate in animal meat. It's an animal, it's me. We can innovate. We invest a lot in R&D. Um, we had a lot of food scientists uh, working on all those areas I talked about, better nutritionals, better taste, lower cost. And if we can accomplish all those things, we think we think a lot of consumers will make the choice to choose our products and others like ours. And, and where are you guys focused right now? I mean, is it, I know it's worldwide, but you, know, you said you're at every supermarket in North America just landed a deal with Starbucks to do China. Like where, where's the next growth potential for this business? There are a couple of small, small exceptions, of course, but um, we uh, in Canada as well, um, we are, we are expanding internationally. Uh, I can only say certain things about that, but right. I can say that we just launched in Brazil. You may have read just this week, we launched in Brazil. We're, we're in China now. We, we're expanding our business in China. We're also in, uh, in, in other Asian markets as well, as well as Europe. Parts of Latin America, so we are expanding. Uh, we we believe this is a global opportunity, and we'll continue to aggressively uh, pursue those global uh, global uh, markets. What, what do you think the future is in terms of like growth potential? In terms of different avenues of growth, whether it be like gourmet branded Beyond Meat products, you know, different kinds of foods, different kinds of meats. I don't know, fish is that even on the table? I mean, we're de- de- depleting our fish stocks in the ocean every day. We're going to continue to look at the opportunities. Right now, we're really focused on 
um, beef, poultry, and, uh, and pork. Uh, but you know, hey, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know what the future will hold. But you know, I mean, I'm certainly, we're certainly open to exploring other uh, animal products as well. Mm-hmm. And when you think of this this journey you've been on as Chief Growth Officer of Beyond Meat. What is one lesson that you you take away from just these past few years? It's always interesting to work for entrepreneurs, um, and I and I've worked uh, with entrepreneurs at Coke when I w- was working there, managing their uh, venturing group. Um, I worked with a lot of entrepreneurs, which was actually helped prepare me for this because this is a very entrepreneurial company, and you're dealing with uh, ownership that actually it's their baby. I mean, they create this company and they create the brand, and and I've always said that you know I'm not a true entrepreneur because a true entrepreneur is a special person who literally puts it all on the line. They're willing to bet everything they have in the world and put it on the line and go after it. Um, so I think, I think I've learned a lot about appreciation for, for those type, that type of commitment and that type of risk-taking that most you know, ordinary people like myself can't, just can't rise up to, honestly. And so I think there's an appreciation there. Um, I also think that, and, and this has been true throughout my career, but it's been uh, you know, reinforced here at Beyond Me, is to be do the right thing. I mean, be honest about what you're doing. We're very much a mission company. We care. We don't badmouth other people because it wouldn't be true to our mission. We want other people to succeed as well. We'd like to win, of course, and we want to be successful in our business, but uh, it doesn't help us or our cause to say negative things about other 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 companies and either the plant based, even in animal meat. We don't we don't do that. Um, you know, we're 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 going to go out and put the best product we can on the line and let people let your consumers make that choice. But again, I think we're we're very much a, a mission company in the sense that we um, we're trying to stay positive about the things that we do and the way we act. And if you could give a, one piece of advice to students going out, you know, about to start their careers in this new world, what would it be? I, you know, I'm going to have to reflect back on what it had worked for me. It's just focus on what you're doing, man. I don't think too far ahead. I mean, get, get you know, obviously want to have a plan. I mean, I, I didn't do that, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Um, but I would say the put your focus on the things that you're doing, you know, be the best you can at that, at whatever that is, whether it's a job or for somebody else or starting your own company, you know, just go out, to, go out the attitude to crush it. You're starting your own company. If you have entrepreneurs listening to this, I would tell you that's a hard journey. I mean, you have to really be a grinder. You have to grind that out because it's going to take a lot of, you know, you're going to be involved in every aspect of business. I was just talking to, uh, Seth Goldman, actually, who's who's founded, you know, Beyond Me. I mean, uh, founded uh, uh, Honesty and has been involved with Beyond Me. Just told me he's, he started his own uh, new company, uh, another entrepreneur company. He goes, yeah. He goes, I forgot how hard this is. You know, he goes, I'm doing the marketing, I'm doing the operations, I'm doing the production, I'm doing the. He's doing everything. He's back yeah. to doing everything. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Chuck Muth of Beyond Me, Chief Growth Officer of one of the fastest growing companies in the world. Hope you guys are staying safe, chefing up Beyond Burgers at home, maybe even tacos too, because this stuff is pretty damn amazing. There's few things more exciting to me than watching business change the world in amazing ways, and Beyond Meat is leading that charge. One more time, I want to remind you guys to subscribe to the pod wherever you listen, throw me a rating on Apple Podcasts, and stay tuned this week. We have some amazing episodes lined up. Stay frosty, everybody. See you soon.